Baltimore Star Community. This is Scott here, um, just doing a little bit of an intro for our first ever podcast series that is not just an audio of our weekend message. Um, Teresa is going to be in this series talking about what it looks like to love our neighbor as ourself. Uh, this question, what does it look like to live as a loving person, as a loving presence in the world, is a key central question to living uh, a life of faith. Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is, and that's loving God with all of your being. Uh, and then he provides a follow-up. Uh, the second greatest commandment, essentially, is to love our neighbor as ourself. And, and in this series, we're sort of assuming that loving our neighbor as ourself is a big part of what it means to love God with all of our being. And so uh, we've got a, the, the series here is very practical uh, in, in nature and in focus, and we hope it's very helpful to you as you figure out what it means uh, for yourself to live as a loving presence in the world, um, guided by your certain way of seeing uh, your faith. And so um, we would love to hear your feedback, and we would love, um, when this ends up showing up on the internet, we would love for you to help us out by liking and sharing and commenting and just helping us spread the word about who we are and what we do. So um, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I am really excited about this video series we've been working on. If I were going to title it, I'd call it Loves, Tragedies, and Triumphs, because I think that's what it's about. And I just really believe that it's such important conversation to have. Because let's face it, most of the problems that really drive us crazy are our relationship problems. And they have everything to do with love. Now, before we get started on the specifics of it, I have to intro this thing in the way I always have to start, which is giving us a biblical foundation for whatever we do. Because if faithful people, we really need that. Don't you think? I think that's important. So if I were going to start with just one verse and not reading the whole Bible, which you know I would love to do, um, I'd start with Matthew 22. You remember that passage, right? It's that place where Pharisees have asked Jesus, hey, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus gives them two. So two for the price of one. In the first one, he says, hey, this is the most important thing. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And I love the various translations that give us different flavors of that. And then the second one, he puts up to and next to the first and uses language which says, this is equally important. Love your neighbors yourself. Now, I think embedded within these very few verses is oh something that's so important when you're talking about love tragedy and love's triumph. Because in there, I think we see something that can really give us suggestions for why love isn't turning out well for us and some things that we can do quite differently. So let me try to set this in the frame of which my brain works. So when I think about living faithfully as a person who believes in a power greater than myself, I think about it as if the whole world lives under the umbrella of God as creator and designer. And that under this umbrella, things happen in a way that continues to reveal to us the character and nature of God, and that this matters because we're to imitate it. So we figure out what he's up to, and we imitate what he's doing in our love relationships. 
And when we mess up, what we have is tragedy. And when we get um, on track, even if the relationship goes south, we within our inner self have a sense of, it's okay. I did the best I could with what I knew. So underneath this umbrella, we see throughout scriptures, Old Testament all the way through to the end, um, the book of Revelation, although you got to admit that's kind of a strange book, but all through there, what you see is a God who wants to give you good stuff. You do not see a land of scarcity. You do not see a God who's narcissistic, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, who's asking you to make him feel better. It is consistently a God who wants a love relationship with his people. And so he gives us what we need in order to receive love and give love. And that is a beautiful thing. But we, we've got to ask ourselves a question. Then why do we mess that up so much of the time? Why do we get our feelings hurt? Uh, why can we just not love one another well, and I kind of think Matthew 22 gives us some hints as to why we mess it up and also gives us some inspiration as to how we can love in a way that um, that's just beautiful, even if things don't always go the way we want them to. So what I'm going to suggest as we continue on is that there are three arenas spelled out to us in Matthew 22 where we show up in a loving, respectful way, which is how we bear God's image. You know, that early Genesis stuff where we were told that. And that these three arenas are as follows. Love ourselves. Now, if you're too far away from that concept of being able to accept yourself, let's use words like respect ourselves and accept ourselves and have non-judgmental observation about ourselves. And I call that category, I am. Me getting me. The good, the bad, the ugly, with some measure of acceptance because I am living under that umbrella where I am receiving love from God. And then the second area is, what do I do in the you and me section, which is, how we live in our intimate, connected relationships. And there's all sorts of stuff in the scripture about that. How we parent, how we are married, um, what we do with our best friends, you and me. And then the third area, which the Bible is chock full of, is what I call the we. How do we live in relationship with our tribe? Now, I define tribe as those communities you show up for because you share a purpose, you share a particular place in history, you share a social context, a cultural context, and this is where we show up with this shared purpose and we make the world a better place. So it's under these three arenas, living under that giant umbrella of what God does for us, gives us good stuff, not scarce, plenty of love to go around, that I believe we have problems because what happens is we show up for these three areas and we are confused about the purpose and how giving and getting love looks within these three areas. 
We've gotten very confused about that. But I think maybe this class we're doing is going to set us a little more on the path to um, feeling a sense of abundance and rightness about our relationships. At least that's what I hope. So next up, we're going to begin to just give you the briefest of overviews about how these three arenas look and what their distinctions are. Okay, let's talk about section one of the three arenas of love, which is the I am section. I think this is the area where we really struggle a lot. Um, so let me tell you what you could expect from the I am section. The I am section of love is where you're developing a sense of self over the course of your lifetime that is reflected in what you believe to be your core values. It is a movement of growing into the person who reflects in thoughts, in feelings, and actions the values that you have chosen uh, for yourself to own, not what your culture's chosen or what your parents or your spouse or even your kids have chosen. It's what you're willing to own and say, this is me upon this rock I stand. Now, in order to do that, we have to take complete responsibility for the following areas. We are responsible for what we think and what we pay attention to in terms of our thought life. We are responsible for owning our feelings. People do not make us feel a certain way. We have to own and accept our feelings as being our own legitimate feelings. And they're all important. Um, and then finally, we have to own and accept responsibility for our actions. No one chooses for us how we respond and how we behave to, to one another. And then, as I said, it's a lifelong work of saying, you probably have hundreds of core values. And in each relationship, what you're trying to decide is, which one of your core values are most applicable in any given situation and how do you practice them? Now, this is what we can expect. So this is a work of pondering, self-awareness, non-judgmental observation, exploring um, what's going on with us and owning who we are, the good, the bad, the best, the ugly. And deciding then, when we see this, what are we going to do with it? That's the I am section. Unfortunately, sometimes we have asked other individuals or our tribe to do the work that we're supposed to be doing within ourselves. We want our tribe to agree with us all the time and make us feel good. Uh, we want our key relationships to um, uh, perhaps give us our identity uh, maybe we want to pick somebody to tell us what we believe and what we should do. Uh, that's not our work. Uh, maybe there's some of that that's appropriate when we're children. But growing up into mature, whole, healthy people is we can say, this is me and I own it. I know what to do when I'm unhappy with me. I know what to do when I am at peace with who I am. And I've got in developing the skill sets to continue to become a more consistent, congruent person where my insides and my outsides match. That's the I am. 
and it's a place where we will do a lot of our work. Okay, let's move on from the I am section and talk about you and me. Now, you and me is our most, are our most intimate relationships. Tons of problems in this area, right? Um, but let me give us a vision for what maybe should be happening in you and me. You and me is for a small circle of very trusted allies who get you. Now, they don't just buy your personality or what you're throwing down. They get you. They see you at your weakest. They see you at your worst. And they have the capacity to hold you in their hearts and love you in spite of it. They accept you for who you are, not what you do. They love you and they have been willing to enter into a relationship that is going to have conflict and love you in the midst of it and through it. So in this you and me section, um, if I were picking one particular scripture verse, I would use the one that goes like this. As iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. So it's this place where we really take what we're figuring out in the I am section and we're asking questions of these trusted people. Do you see me the way I see me? These people serve as a mirror for us. Now, here's where we get in trouble. We keep asking Funhouse mirrors to be our you and me. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, have you ever seen a Funhouse mirror? It's, it's wavy. It's, it's not accurate. It's, um, it's a distortion. So you walk up to it and all of a sudden you look super skinny and you want to take the mirror home or you look grotesquely, um, uh, well, what can I say? Fat, like your head is super fat. I mean, I know that's not cool to say it, but it happens. And when that funhouse mirror isn't reflecting back to you what is accurate, then you've got a problem, right? Because people who aren't capable of seeing you in a reasonably accurate way are giving you bad intel about yourself. So that's a problem. So it's our work growing up to pay attention to who's safe for us, who can we have conflict with uh, that's respectful and loving and caring, whose feedback can we bear to listen to, some of us can listen to certain people more than others, even though they're all very caring people. So our work is to create this you and me, this safe place of intimates that we trust with our whole selves. And it's a re relationship of reciprocity. This is give and take, giving and receiving, not one upmanship, not just strictly mentorship, but it's just really sharing and doing life together. That is the you and me section, and it will be very important in developing your I am. So you can see how all these three areas are going to go together. Next up, let's talk about the we, the tribe. The we is the place where we get to practice all the things that we've pondered in the I am and that we've um, played with and practiced in the you and me. You don't always get to choose your we, but many times you do. The we is the place, the various groups of people you work with, you interact with, where you share a common purpose. 
Now, I know this sounds all spiritual and wonderful and highfalutin, but I'm talking about even arenas that you wouldn't necessarily, like, just deliberately choose. Like, maybe you work a job that really isn't the job you'd really love to work. It's still your we. Uh, You're getting paid to help a company succeed, in essence. It is one of your tribes. You can have your faith tribe. You can have your family tribe. You can have your friend group tribe. But one of the things that is consistent about all of them is there is some shared common purpose in what you're trying to accomplish. Friend group, well, you want to have community. You want to have somebody you can play games with. You want to have somebody that you can camp out with for the weekend, right? So I'm not saying it always has to be some deep, dark, compelling purpose, but this is when a group of people get together and sort of tacitly say, you're part of my we, and we're going to do something together. And it's really quite beautiful. And I think if we had hours and hours, we would unpack the value that God has for the tribe. But let's just sort of bookmark that for now, come back to it later. God really values community and tribe, which right with that, under that overarching umbrella, means we need to value it too. Now we've gotten very confused about the we. Um, We've begun to think that we have to share all core values or that the we has to make us feel good or that the we has to meet our needs. No, 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 no. The tribe is about the place where we all come together and say, this is about what the community needs. So you don't get to go to work and get the job description you want just because you want it. I mean, heck, you can shoot for it. But this is about where we sort of, well, if I were picking a verse, lay down your life for your friend. This is the place where the reciprocity of giving and receiving, you lead with your giving foot. Do you receive stuff in the process? Yes, especially if you are giving well, right? But the purpose of community isn't to meet your needs. The purpose of community is to meet the needs of the community. And your needs count in there too. So you don't want a we that's abusive or neglectful of you. You want all three arenas to be extremely respectful. But this is that area where we begin to allow for reasonable levels of discomfort because we believe in the purpose of whatever that we is about. I hope that makes sense. And I hope we can see how important having a we is. Because this is the place where we're often going to experience things that we want to take back and ponder in our I am arena. We're going to learn about ourselves. And then that we're going to go back and practice uh, getting feedback in the you and me. So we is where we show up to play, where we show up to contribute, where we show up to make the world a better place because we know who we are. We have people that are supporting our growth and development. We know that we're living under the big umbrella of God giving us good stuff to share. Here's where we share. And it's a pretty awesome place. Now, taking these three arenas, let me conclude by saying this. A healthy person is a person 
who pays attention to all three arenas. However, what we know is that all of us have one of these three that we're kind of weak in, and one of these that maybe we've cared about so much that we've become out of balance in being too self-absorbed with it. Let me just leave you with one small example. Have you ever known a 16-year-old girl who's fallen in love? Yeah. She's going to be obsessed with you and me. And we carry these same imbalances through our whole life. And our work is to become more balanced in all three, have each one serving its purpose as it should, conscious of being in that overarching umbrella of God, being the ultimate giver and example of love. And we're figuring out how to play well with all that stuff going on. Okay, so we've had the overview of all three. But next up, we're going to dive deep into the I am arena. We're going to talk about not only what we can expect from that arena, but the work that each one of us could be doing in that area to make us healthier, happier, more whole individuals. I cannot wait to talk to you in more depth about the I am. North Star Community can be found on the web at www.northstarcommunity.com. And our music today was provided royalty-free from Blue Dot Sessions, which can be found on the web at sessions.blue.